Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in. Today I am with Arfa Iqbal and we are going to talk about the infamous imposter syndrome. We both suffer from it from the past and today we are going to give you some uh, useful tools and uh, so you can use them on a daily basis. If you don't know what's imposter syndrome, is that feeling that on a Sunday night doesn't let you sleep because you are thinking about the next day meeting and I mean you have prepared for it however not as much as you wished deep down you know you could have done a bit more to prepare yourself if you only had more time but now you don't and now you're in bed and you keep rolling from side to side as your thoughts will not leave you alone now if you have these feelings or like you're scared to be feeling that you're going to be find out that you're a fraud that's a very common feeling. And many, many of us suffer from it. A study has found out that 70% of Americans suffer from it from time to time. And how do you know if you suffer from it? If you have one of these feelings on a regular basis, you might have imposter syndrome. If one is this, a lot of my success happen more by luck rather than by hard work, or I'm uncomfortable to be proud of my achievements and I feel like bragging. Or my successes don't really prove much. I have so many failures too. I can't be good enough, but that's it. So if you want to know more about it, today we're going to talk with amazing ninja marketer, Alpha. So thank you for being my guest today. And um, uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, Janine. Well, thank you very much, first of all, for having me on. Um, so just, I'm going to keep my introduction mercifully brief. I'm a digital marketer and direct response copywriter. And basically, my job is to help people make more money. Um, uh, that's essentially what I do in a nutshell. So that's it, really. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, any chance you can put your microphone volume a bit louder? I sometimes struggle to hear you. Yep. Is that better? Yes. Seems like. Okay, awesome. So you say like as me, you used to suffer from imposter syndrome. Can you tell me more like when you did realize you were feeling these feelings? And of course, as we chatted about it before, as me, you didn't know what it was at the beginning till yeah. somebody told you. So would you like to share with us more about this? Eh? Yeah, so basically, I mean, my, my background is like, you know, I'm a self-taught marketer and um, when I started getting myself out there and I remember being at a mastermind actually and I really felt like I was the stupidest person in the room and I had no confidence to speak like um, we would have quarterly meetings and you know we'd be there for two days and honestly for the first I'd say probably about three meetings in before I could really feel a little bit more relaxed and I would try to avoid talking to people I wouldn't put my Mm. If I had anything to say, I would keep it to myself because I kept thinking anything that's going to come out of my mouth right now is going to be stupid and everyone's going to laugh at me. And I didn't know, like, what is, what's the problem? And I, and I just thought, you know what, it's a lack of confidence. It's a lack of confidence. Um, and, you know, I remember having a chat with uh, a friend of mine and she was the one that actually said to me, she goes, you know, how, how is this whole, whole thing making me feel? And I said, I don't know. I, I think I feel like almost like I'm a fraud and I don't deserve to you know, I don't deserve to be in that room. And, you know, and there was all these like horrible feelings of insecurity coming up. And she's like, you've got imposter syndrome. And I'm like, what is that? And so she basically, 
she's the one that introduced me to that idea and that concept and once she explained to me what it was I was like oh okay so that's what I've got and but it took me uh, quite a while actually to get my head around it and to really move away from it yes yes because it's like uh, um, when somebody explained to me I was like yes I feel that way I feel I don't belong here and everybody's going to find out and who am I to be here but those feelings are actually um, people who are successfully educated to suffer from it is and as you said when we chat is when you get out of your comfort zone if you stop growing and you get comfortable with what you know then you don't feel imposter syndrome because you know you're good at what you do but when you keep growing and get out of your comfort zone you keep feeling it so it's super normal and then Oh, but you know what? I, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no, go, go. Yeah, so I was just, just going to pick up on the point that you mentioned because I almost feel like it goes up in peaks and troughs because it's like I'm one of these people I like to learn and I'm always constantly learning because I want to be better at what I do because obviously the better I am, the more I can help, you know, my clients. However, the problem is, is that every time you learn something new, you, you go through this like huge learning curve. And then there's that little wobbly bit in the middle where you're not quite sure whether or not you're good enough um, to talk about that thing or to teach that thing or to, you know, basically even apply what you've learned. And I think that's, you know, sometimes I do have those feelings of doubt and, and insecurity. They do creep back. And because of that, I feel like, you know, it almost never goes away. You just have to learn how to manage it exactly yes yes it's a kind of chatterbox what do you do which is your tool to lower the volume of your imposter syndrome um i think for me the main thing is is that i have to i i almost have to remind myself that i can do what it is that i'm supposed to be doing so i'll give you an example like i was asked to do a presentation um, in front of about 40 entrepreneurs and I was so frightened because I've never done anything like that before and I had to I remember just before the presentation I had to go outside take a few deep breaths and I remember telling myself you know calm down Arfa everything's going to be okay you're you know you're going to be confident you're going to be natural you know what you're talking about just be confident and I had to talk positively to myself because I think if I hadn't have done that I think I really would have messed up um, and a lot of it is like, it's what happens between your ears. You know, it's those, um, you know, those voices of self-doubt. I think when you're louder than the doubts and the voices in your head, um, you choose to listen to those voices. And that's why I was like literally saying it out loud. You're fine. You're going to be confident. You're going to be okay. You know, you've got this kind of thing. So I was like literally giving myself a pep talk um, before this, you know, big uh, uh, sort of presentation that I had to give. And of course it, it went absolutely fine and there was no problem. Yes, um, and actually you got so many people uh, uh, complimenting you. I so did actually, yeah. So I got, um, you know, I got a massive round of applause and uh, literally like four times and, and people were coming up to me afterwards saying, oh my God, like, you know, I want to learn more, I want to learn more. But I remember like just even half an hour before I had to give that presentation, I was like, literally I had the sweaty hands and I was like feeling shaky and really nervous. And I was doubting myself, like, who am I to be stood here teaching everybody else? It's like all these silly thoughts going through my mind. And I kind of like had to give myself a telling off and, you know, take a few deep breaths and just go for it. Amazing. Yeah. And actually public speaking is the most, one of the most 
biggest fears in uh, humankind. Oh yeah, <laughs> probably number one, probably even above death. So, <laughs> and I think it's that fear of public humiliation. That's all it is. Yeah, it's I, also I, judgment because it's yeah. like mm. yeah, you fear that judgment. And I read a, a post the other day saying that um, the human brain is amazing because it works from you know the second that you're basically conceived. Uh, and and ba- well, when when you ha- well from the second that you're born, basically, right up until the point you open your mouth and you have to talk in front of people. So, <laughs> and that just made me laugh. <laughs> oh, you need to share that article. I would love to read it. <laughs> yeah, it was really really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When you find it, share it with me, and share it also in the description. So, in case anybody wants to read it, sounds super interesting. Yeah, I'll dig it out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and actually what you did was, I'm a mindset coach and a therapist, so uh, what you did to tell yourself positive talk, that was what you needed to do. Yeah. Otherwise, if you have, because it's like, the mind doesn't recognize the difference between fear and excitement. So when we are fearful, like before going on a stage, we need to keep repeating on ourselves, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited, I can do yeah. this, I'm yeah. safe. Yeah, yeah this yeah, is... Yeah yourself that pep talk isn't you have to convince yourself that you can do it yes yes the option is uh, <laughs> to freak out and <laughs> to cry on the stage it's always an option <laughs> but yeah. not, not as powerful and and, <laughs> and effective as yeah. positive talk but it's a choice um and um how do you know when you're feeling imposter syndrome before you get the analytical uh, um, um, thinking that you are suffering from it do you have any body feelings or like any thoughts before you realize that you're suffering from it because to me it arrives like quite suddenly i don't realize it until i'm like something is wrong with me i say oh i'm feeling this okay i got and you do you have any feelings or any recurring thoughts that kind of give you um, a warning because mine's exactly the same so it comes on very suddenly and it always comes on at the the wrong time (laughs) of of course (laughs) usually when I'm about to get in front of a client that is you know it it, that literally it happens and then you know I have to again it's that positive self-talk so the, the thing that tends to happen to me especially if it's someone completely new I've never spoken to them I literally find myself a good few minutes before I'm about to speak to them. I have to take several deep breaths. I say a little prayer. I literally have to talk myself like, you know, you're going to be fine. You're, you know, you're going to give amazing value. You're going to really, really, really help them. Um, and I have to, again, it's convincing myself with, you know, basically positive affirmations almost. And I have to remind myself that, you know, I know what I'm doing. Um, and it exactly as you said, it creeps up very suddenly. Um, and the thing that makes me feel is like all of a sudden my head will start buzzing with all these like what if, what if, what if. Um, and you know, I will feel a little bit. I don't know how to a bit lightheaded sometimes. I feel a little bit lightheaded, which is really odd. Um, but you know, it just reminds me of uh, uh, something that I read in an article. This was like a very long time ago. So Linda Evangelista, who was a very famous uh, supermodel in the 90s she was uh, famed apparently for um, before she would get on the runway she would lock herself in her dressing room 
and people could hear her saying, I am Linda Evangelista. And she would say it again and again and again. And you could hear her saying this, this is before she would get onto the runway. Um, and that just shows like someone who is, you know, like drop dead gorgeous and, um, you know, yeah, like world famous. Even she would have moments of self-doubt and she would have to talk herself out of it. So I think everyone to some degree suffers from it whether they recognize it or not and I think it's exactly what you said I think it's that fear of you know being found out or not being good enough or that fear of being judged or even like in my case you know being embarrassed that something's going to go wrong um so I think all of these fears they're kind of like you know the brain likes to keep you safe and and I feel that um anything that is perceived as slightly outside of that comfort zone um is perceived as a threat by the body and that's the reason why you, you start behaving like that Exactly, exactly, because it's out of the familiar. So yes. when uh, we do something new, the mind thinks it's dangerous, it's dangerous. Yeah, it, protect, it wants to protect you. <laughs> yes, this is why smokers or heavy drinkers or drug users struggle to get out of their habits because whenever they try to stop, to quit, the yeah. mind is like, it's dangerous. We live with this kind of habit for over 10 years. We are safe. Let's keep doing that. Because yeah. the mind role is not to, to keep us happy, it's to keep us safe yeah. and yeah. keep us exactly. in the familiar. And this is what my amazing mentor and teacher, Marisa Pierre, taught, uh, taught me. The, the thing is, this conversation we are having with Arfa today is just the two of us, we both agree on one thing, that yeah. imposter syndrome is very unpleasant but it's super worthy because it means you're getting out of your comfort zone that you're growing yeah yeah, yeah. that's the best thing ever because if you don't grow how are you going to improve as a person and how are you going to continue to help your clients it's so important that you that you do push yourself out of your comfort zone exactly exactly yes alpha i totally agree with you so um, a permanent solution doesn't exist unless you stop growing. You agree with me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because it's <laughs> easy to be safe. Uh, exactly. But you know what? In this world, if you want to stand out and you want to, you know, you want to be something, you have to, you have to get, well, I always say get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's how you should yes. I love that phrase. I love that phrase. I can't remember who said it. I as probably somebody famous but i love that quote <laughs> i think it was someone famous yeah <laughs> yes 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 absolutely um and um so let me see if i ask you all the questions um ah yes when we were chatting about it before yeah. let's talk about before you knew what it was uh you you say that whenever you felt like uh, I'm not ready for this and stuff, but you knew you were prepared enough and you knew your stuff, you're very good at your job. You were thinking this is ridiculous or like something. Tell me more about before you knew you had an awareness of this problem. How were you feeling about it? Because many of us, and I didn't know what it was, imposter syndrome till yeah. three, four years ago. Yep. <laughs> the same thing. So, um, before I knew about it, I would literally berate myself. I would be like, why am I you feeling like this? Like, don't be so ridiculous. And even like, you know, the people around me, um, they could see that I was like nervous and really struggling. They'd be like, yeah, but you know, you're stuck and you're very good at what you do. Just be confident in your own knowledge. And I'm like, but how, but how? And, you know, it's, it took me a long time. I, I, I watch a lot of 
uh, Brendan Bouchard and, you know, Tony Robbins. And I used to watch a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of personal development videos and stuff like that. And I actually realized, I mean, I've never really heard any of them using that word imposter syndrome, but they did talk about confidence and, you know, um, changing your state. Um, so that was something that I picked up from, from Tony Robbins. Like if you're not confident, the person who's, who's, um, you know, the most uh, certain in a negotiation, for example, is always going to win because they are most certain. Um, and he was talking about like changing your state and things like that and things like, you know, straightening your back. And, and I physically do that as well. So if I'm going to speak in front of people, I will physically straighten my back. I will take a deep breath. I will lift my head. Like, you know, that the body language of someone who is confident is very, very different to the body language of someone who is not confident. Um, you know, before I knew what it was, it's like I was watching all these videos and I still didn't know what it was. I just thought, oh, it's a lack of confidence, you know? And I thought, okay, well, if I change my state, it will help me to feel more confident. And it did. Um, but obviously, you know, it's that because when you're constantly growing, you're always going to have that, you know, little voice in the back of your head saying you know are you really that good are you really um that qualified to, to to speak in front of you what if people know more than you what if you get found out what if nobody finds any value in what you have to say and there's all these doubts mm-hmm. like were flooding into my mind and i would literally have to try and just block them out it's very hard it was very hard and i would tell myself i'm being ridiculous um but obviously you know telling yourself you're being ridiculous is something negative and therefore it's not actually that helpful. <laughs> so the only exactly. thing that works is the positive affirmations and changing your state. Yes, because it's like uh, telling off ourselves. So it's like, um, it's, it, as you said, it's not that positive because yes, you're trying to shut up those emotions, but those emotions are showing up for a reason. And yeah. the problem I've saw that when I'm fearful of something, I always look for signs. My ego needs to be right. So I'm like, oh, that person is yawning when I'm talking. They're not interested. Yeah. And that's the fact. Some people will not be interested in what we have to say, but still, when we have a message to share with somebody, we need to do that because some people will not be interested, some people will be indifferent, but some people will need what we have to say. You know, I love what you've just said because I think this is really important, especially like for people who have to really put themselves out there. Not everyone is going to love what you do and you have to be okay with that. Um, You know, I have a coach, uh, I have a business coach who I work with. And one of the things that he told me again and again and again, he goes, look, he goes, these people who are at the top of their game and, you know, they push themselves very, very hard because they get their fair share of hate. You only have to look at like when, you know, ads that pop up on Facebook, you scroll through the comments, no matter how good somebody is at what they do, there's always going to be haters on them. There's always going to be people questioning them. There's always going to be people who are ready to tear you down. Your job is not to focus on the people who are trying to tear you down, but focus on the people that you are helping, that you are making an impact. And you have to just be okay with the fact that not everyone is going to like you. Yeah, we are not pizza. And actually, I know some people don't even like pizza. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Probably 90% of us like pizza in the world, but still, we are not pizza. We are humans and we have opinions. And so, but actually, even like, for example, as you were saying, that even uh, people who are 
I don't believe in perfection, but people who are like 99% good people, like uh, Dalai Lama, Gandhi, or Nelson Mandela, yeah. these people, they had and they have so many haters. And it's like, uh, yeah. And, and some of these haters, they really disagree with them because they are like, uh, oh, there are more important issues in the world, whatever it is. And some people are just seeking attention. So yeah. what we suggest, don't focus on the haters. They, they might not like you, then they just should switch and go to another YouTube channel, whatever, they do, whatever you're doing. But if they don't like your message, then there is plenty of options. It's a free word. They can go to another marketing in your case, or they can go to another therapist in my case. So... Yeah, absolutely. You're going to find people who don't like you and that's okay. Yeah, that's not only is it okay, but actually it's a good thing because polarizing, you only want to work with the people who are really, really aligned with you. I mean, I would hate to work with somebody who, um, you know, I felt I was not aligned with. It, it wouldn't be the right fit, but it takes mm -hmm. a certain degree of confidence to be able to do that. I mean, like when I started in my journey and, you know, cause I'm a single parent as well. And when I started in my journey, um, you know, I would literally take on any piece of work that anyone would send me because, you know, I needed the money, but you know, that's not the case now. Um, so I can be picky and choosy about who I take on as clients. And, um, in the past I've even, um, you know, I, I once fired my business partner um, because his, his values were not aligned with mine. Um, but it took a very long time for me to be okay with that in my own head. Um, and you have to understand, and, you know, it's, it, again, you know, it's really about um, being sure of yourself. And it does take a long time. It's, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, for me, it took very many years. However, you've got to be at that place where you feel comfortable and confident enough to say, do you know what? I'm not desperate to take on absolutely everyone. Not yeah. everyone is really aligned with me. And that's totally okay. I only want to work with the best of the best. And if you think of it from that point of view, you're keeping, you're keeping it positive that you only want to work with the best people. Um, yeah. But also it's like a, a nice way of saying, you know, the people who don't quite fit, you know, there is another way for them and, and that's not with you. And that's like, and you've got to be okay with that. Absolutely. Yes, because also um, a client that is not our ideal client, they... We a <laughs> yeah, they give you a lot of headache. They, they, they stress yeah. you out, they worry you, they whinge, they moan, they complain, they don't take responsibility. You don't want clients like that. You literally want a client who loves what you do and is very much on board with everything that you're about. Um, once you find people like that, like your tribe, right? Once you find that tribe, um, you know, people are either gonna, you know, they're either gonna swan, swim towards you or they're not. You know, if you look at people like Gary V, for example, Gary Vaynerchuk, he's very polarizing. Like he uses like bad language. Um, I don't like the bad language. It's not really my thing. However, I do think that his message is very good overall, minus the, all that swearing and everything. Um, but he, you know, he it makes no bones about the fact that he is very polarizing and he says it like he, he doesn't apologize for it at all. You either like him or you don't. A bit like Marmite, you know, it's like either you love it or you hate it. There's not really an in-between kind of thing. I don't hate him. I just don't like the swearing. I do think his, um, you know, his overall messaging, I've, I've heard a few things uh, from him and I think, yeah, you know, what? actually you've got a very good point. 
but do I choose to, uh, I don't hate him, but do I choose to follow him or do I choose to uh, really make a point of listening to him all the time? No, I don't simply because, you know, the language and everything, it doesn't really fit with me. And that's, that's okay, but I'm not going to hate on him for it. But there are people out there who would do that. They would hate on you for it. So it's, it's totally okay. And, 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 and you have to find your own way. And I think that a lot of that comes from a lot of deep internal work. I think, I don't think it's something that you can just suddenly just be okay with. And sometimes you do need to work through it. Yeah. Yeah. But these all triggers, the imposter syndrome is like, why they don't like me? Am I not good enough? And blah, blah, blah. All the rabbit hole again. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that really stems from insecurity. Um, insecurity um, that, you know, you yourself are not enough. And obviously, you know, you and I both know that that's absolutely not true. It's just... Yeah. And it's actually a very common feeling. We are super... If you suffer from imposter syndrome, you are in a very big, big group. In a big yes. group. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, even, even famous people get it. So it's all right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Even very smart people, even like... Um, uh, What's her name? <laughs> the the well, my Angelo mm, is one of. Uh, she wrote about it. Like uh, I, I don't remember the phrase, but she says every time I write a book, I'm so scared that they're going to find out that this yeah. is it. She doesn't yeah. know anything about it, and she's an amazing talented writer. Oh yeah. Brené uh, oh, yeah. Brown is amazing to talk about vulnerability and uh, being feeling this emotion of not feeling good enough or insecure about ourselves is a very big vulnerability and actually sharing it is a very, very powerful tool. So if you suffer from imposter syndrome, share it with somebody, call it out and it becomes less scary because the problem with imposter syndrome is that when you suffer from it and also when we had a chat with you, you told me that you had the same feeling is that when you feel it, it's like you think you're the only one feeling it because nobody says, nobody um, speaks about it. So you're like, is it just me? Is it just me feeling not smart enough? Not, I don't know what it is. So it, it feels very lonely because it's like, is it just me? And it's, it's not because uh, more than half of us is thinking the same thing, uh, the same thing at the same time, probably. Well, and I thought I was just being weird because I didn't know what it was. Um, and, and before I found out where it was, I just thought it was me. I thought I was the only person that had this problem. Um, turns out that's absolutely not true. And actually, um, the research shows that it's mostly very intelligent people that tend to suffer from it the most. Yeah. No, no, Educated, yeah. successful. Yeah. 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 Men suffer from it as much as women. However, as I'm sure, as you know, men are more action oriented, so they don't get paralyzed from the fear. They just try to speak up at the meeting, even if everybody else is more senior. They yeah. tend to be more action oriented. They tend to be more like uh, fearless in speaking up. While we women, we get paralyzed by this fear. It's like, I'm not ready. I think what I'm going to say is stupid. So I'm not going to say it unless I'm sure. Yeah. And I have some of my clients, especially the one working in corporate, they have this idea and they don't talk about it in the meeting, but they mention it to a male colleague. Next meeting, the male colleague is still in her idea, her opinion, and he gets a round of applause. It's quite common. It just, it feels like we... 
we women, we, some of us are like, uh, we need to feel, to get some approval before uh, speaking up. Or yeah, I think it's that validation thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, um, you know, you're lucky almost when you're, when you're talking about it to other people and you're sharing your ideas with other people, but you won't share it with the room. What you're secretly trying to do, even though you don't, you're not aware of it is you're seeking validation um you're seeking approval for that idea but there is a flip side and that is you know exactly what you said people steal your ideas um but also you know the thing is though why be why be plain vanilla why be like everyone else like you should you know come up with different ideas and your ideas not everyone has to like your ideas it doesn't make the, it doesn't make your ideas bad it just makes them different yeah. um sometimes if you're if you're if you've got an idea that's like really out there, that can be very scary as well because for other people, because it's like, oh, she's got a really good idea. So you know what we'll do? We'll just go and put her down because we don't want her to actually do that thing, you know? And I have seen this happen. And so I, you know, I have a friend of mine and, you know, she is, she started her own business and she's really suffered with imposter syndrome. One of the things that I noticed, and it was mostly her family that was doing it, they were really shooting her ideas down and she's got some like really big plans for her business. And I was just like, you've got to, you've got to ignore the haters, just ignore them. She goes, yeah, but it's, it's hurting me. It's bothering me because it's my family. They're all telling me I'm no good and that I'm never going to do anything with it. And I said, yeah, maybe because they can't do anything with it themselves. They don't want you to do it either. But you know, she has got an amazing idea and I'm not, you know, I'm just, I keep trying to encourage and I keep trying to explain that to her. But I think a lot of it is, again, it's that fear that, you know, if it doesn't work out, then everyone's going to laugh at you anyway, you know? Um, so, but the thing is, though, if you don't, if you don't try, you failed by default, um, you know, and, and I see my son doing this as well, by the way, so, you know, he's not the most confident uh, of readers. So if he sees like a really difficult word, he's 10 years old, by the way. So if he sees like a really difficult word, he doesn't even like to try to attempt it because he thinks that everyone's going to laugh at him. But I just encourage him to go for it anyway. And it's taken him a very long time to sort of get away from thinking that everyone's gonna laugh so actually oh, do you know what i gave it a go and i tried it and, and it worked anyway so awesome yeah. good for you that you pushed him to do it anyway because yeah. uh, somebody might have laughed in the past so he might have been paralyzed and also about your friend she should uh just do her thing the thing is when your own family doesn't believe in you it's quite painful but yes. it yeah. can be also fuel that is like she's going to make it work despite their family and actually their family might not be even mean people they must have grown with parents themselves that say you're not doing anything in life who do you think you are all these talks yeah, yeah. are usually hereditary <laughs> from generation to generation so she has the, the 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 choice to break this pattern be successful it might be that when she becomes successful, her family are going to be very uncomfortable with that. But yeah, Nisa said, do I need to make them happy or shall I live my life? And if they don't like it, well, I, I can't do anything about it because if they want to keep her small. Yeah. Well, it's small is comfortable, isn't it? Yes. yes. That's what, that's yes. What like. Small is comfortable, you know. Um, you know, and it's the like, same with me and myself on my own journey, because, you know, when I started out, I started out as a freelancer and then I, um, you know, was a 
project manager for um, you know a very big company, and I did that for five years, and I was just purely doing digital marketing. And then, you know, and now I've set up my own company, and um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say who it was, but a certain someone from my from my um, well, not from my family, but from my past, um, saw that you know I'm, I'm doing all this stuff, and oh, you just think you're some sort of career woman. I was really trying to put me down. And I'm like, oh, whatever. It's like water off a duck's back. I think a few years ago, I probably would have cared, you know, what this person is saying. But like, I don't, I don't care anymore. I'm just like, yeah, whatever, you know. Well done, Apple. yeah. Yeah, I'm like, you already say that because you're jealous. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say it to their face, but, you know, that's what I'm thinking. But I just ignore, you know, I think the best thing is, is if you're hearing a lot of doubt coming from other people, um, you have to learn to block it out and you have to learn not to care because their path is not the same as yours. And, you know, you are different. Um, you're not the same as everybody else because if everyone was the same, we'd all be boring. So mm-hmm. you've got to be confident in yourself and you've got to do your own thing. And you've got to find your own way and you are going to make mistakes along the way. But that doesn't mean that you should put yourself down for those mistakes because you learn more from the failures than you do from your successes. Yes, failing is good. I mean, we shouldn't try them on purpose, but failing is good because it teaches us much. And, uh, and it's like, uh, um, it also keeps us humble because sometimes we think, I know how to run my business. I should do this, this, this in like yeah. linear because this is what society makes us believe that life is linear. Nothing is linear in life, guys. Yeah, and, absolutely. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. It's keeping changing the direction. It's like uh, when we're going in the wrong direction, and a mistake might happen to make us think maybe this is not really my direction maybe i should try something else so it's very good yeah excellent so to recap guys thank you for listening and if you feel imposter syndrome is a very good thing it means you're normal and it means you are growing and uh, today we talk with amazing arfa iqbal she's a marketing ninja And if you need any help with digital marketing, contact her. She's amazing. And she's one of those people that even if she's a super expert in and knowledgeable, she will not use any jargon when she talks to you. She will talk to you in a a very clear way and you will understand what she means and everything. She's amazing. So if you're looking for a digital marketer, I'm going to share in the description her website and her contact details. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Janine. Alpha, really thank you ever so much for my very first oh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my first guest ever. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Here's to many more. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I wish you a lovely day, guys, everybody who listen, and thanks ever so again. Thank you ever so much again, Alpha, for today. I really oh, appreciate thank it. You. Excellent. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye.